0: Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by the greatest Thursday night football game of all time, the most points scored ever between the Niners and the Rams, and just an overall frustrating but really good game. That's what this this one's sponsored by. Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let them know, where can they find us?
1: You can like us at Facebook.com slash TheGoldCast. You can also follow us on Twitter at TheGoldCast underscore, as well as Instagram at TheGoldCast. You should also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same name of TheGoldCast. Subscribe. Make sure to subscribe on the last three applications. That way you get notifications when we go live with our brand new episodes, such as this one.
0: Okay. Here we go. So... We're going to get into it. We have the biggest Rams fan in the house. We'll be back. Uh, We're going to talk. We're hot off the presses. It's uh, Thursday night, 9-11 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Rams at 49ers has just ended. 39-41. Frustrating, but also a really great game. Niners showed a lot of pro Both teams showed where the future of the NFC West lies. So uh, we're going to drop the music. Let's get into it. Here we go. Goldcast, do it.
2: San Francisco, are you, ready? are you ready? This
0: is the Gold
2: Cast.
0: Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host,
1: Raymond the I, baby,
0: and our Los Angeles co-host, Louis B. Boom! All right, here we go. Final score, 41-39 in favor of the Los Angeles Rams. A lot of people were really down on this game, and it was pissing me off because, honestly, we're going to get into it in a second, but a lot of people were down on this game. A lot of people were bashing it. They were already saying this was going to be a stinker. This was going to be a terrible game. I mean, they were just, everyone was ready to throw the torches at this game. But 49er faithful, Los Angeles Rams, Heads, fan guys. I'm not sure what you're saying. <laughs> ram, ram people. <laughs> uh, I, we, we actually knew we right. We we knew that this game had the potential to be what it ended up being, which was a barn burner. Welcome to the Gold Cast. If you're listening to this, you are part of the 49er faithful. You're part of the Gold Cast Nation. You're here because this is one of the greatest dynasties of all time. Five championship rings. Uh, owner, proud, proud owner. Of One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, arguably the greatest, the only perfect quarterback in the Super Bowl, Joe Montana, the greatest wide receiver of all time, the Michael Jordan of wide receivers, Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lott, one of the hardest hitters in the game. Uh, concussions, you're welcome. That's a gift from him. The greatest mobile and quarterback Steve of all Young, time. Greatest mobile quarterback of all time. And if you're here, this is the history that you're a part of. Welcome to the GoldCast. All right, here we go, gents. Whew, what a game. God damn it, I'm pissed Nail-biter, nail-biter. To the end, to the end, it was 46-21. Louis B. and I are sitting here in Los Angeles, Raymond, and we're watching the game side by side. Uh, I, you know, we're getting, Raymond and I are getting trolled by Raiders fans in Oakland via text message. We've got... We've, we, uh, Louis and I are sitting there it's 46-21 with 8 minutes left to go and Louie's pretty calm I'm like on pins and needles I really truly believed even at that moment I said we we need a touchdown and we need to get a turnover and after we got that touchdown to go 33-41 I told Louis, I said we just need a turnover right here turnover and we get it and then instead of the turnover we get the onside kick when, when the fuck does that ever happen? That never happens. And the, we get no, the you ball guys, back you did it get it. It looks a, like oh, no, a turnover.
2: No. The we fumble. got a turnover and we the got fumble. an onside kick. Yeah. The fumble on the fucking Yeah, kick we got the turnover. That's right. I'm Pardon sorry. Pardon my language.
0: Yeah. The fumble. No, it's okay. You can cuss on the gold cast. <laughs> we, we, we get the fumble. Right? It looks like it looks like we're going for two, which we have to go for. We have to go for two because we missed that extra point. How on earth? right when we missed it, I remember we were sitting here, we, we, had, we had a friend here uh, who works over at ESPN. She'll be on uh, in a couple of weeks, but we had a friend here from ESPN. She goes, that's gonna, that's gonna come back to haunt you. And I was like, I know, I know. Right when we missed that extra point, I was like, this is coming back to haunt us. But we come back, we get the onside kick, and and I you got to give it up to Aaron Donald that Rab's defense. I mean, you guys literally didn't allow anything. We had the one catch, at a at pass. It was a first down. It was about a twelve yard catch, and they call it offensive pi, offensive pass interference. And that they only gave us one angle, and I didn't didn't necessarily early...
1: see it on my end.
2: <clears throat> Neither I, did we.
0: It, it looked pretty standard. Yeah, I looked pretty standard from that angle. I'm not really sure. Either way, um, I think the pick six, the first play of the game is really was the dagger. Was the we were all we were in the we were literally in the red for the rest of the game. But uh, Raymond, let's let's go to you and then Louie. then we'll let Louie close close out with his his thoughts. But Ray, let's start with you first. Thoughts on the game. What did you see? How are you feeling? Boom
1: it's a heartbreaker because I really thought that they were going to win um well actually at first well I thought they were going to win before the game even started because it just felt like it was we were due for a win especially with the close effort that we came to against the Seahawks but once we started off with the near pick six I was starting to get frustrated pretty early on but then when I saw the team kind of hang in there but then this, the score kept getting away from us. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, this is going to be a blow. I was like, if we can just at least make it close, uh, we can get some sort of dignity out of this. I think I'll, I'll feel a little bit better, which I did. But then when we got within literally three, two points, I was on the edge of my seat. And uh, it was super exciting. The defense clearly has no depth. So when you lose one or two starters, which in the beginning of the game, we didn't have Eric Reed, We didn't have Foster. And that proved to create a huge liability in the second and third level of the defense as Todd Gurley just kind of had his way well over a hundred yards, two touchdowns early in the three in the first quarter alone. Was it, uh, is that correct? And so, yeah, 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 that's correct. Yeah. And, and that proved to be a huge difference maker because we couldn't stop the run and force Jared Goff to kind of beat us with his arm. So their run kept setting up all their pass plays and their play actions And we just had a Rashard Robinson and Dante Johnson were huge liabilities pretty much the entire game. Uh, again, no sacks on Jared Goff and no Aaron Lynch. So coincidentally, when we have Aaron Lynch in the game, we had three sacks last game. No Aaron Lynch in the game against Carolina. He was injured. We had zero sacks. No Aaron Lynch today. Zero sacks. So clearly, Aaron Lynch is a huge, huge difference maker on that line. Without him, we don't really have any definitive pass rusher because our three first-round pick defensive linemen have just that haven't that really ball? come into their Ooh, own yet. Eric Armstead's kind of, he's list. the leader of the of the three of them in, in terms of skill and kind of getting to that level i'd say buckner's right behind him and thomas is catching up pretty fast but again they're still not elite guys they do provide a lot of good run stoppage ability but without any second tier or third tier star players in eric reed or Ruben foster we just have a lot of holes to fill that that our depth can't pick up the slack for so i saw a lot of problems in that but the offense finally woke up uh usually takes several games for teams to especially a team that's this young to really kind of start to break out of its shell and today that was the first time we saw that the previous two games we saw the defense do that and today we saw the defense take a step back mainly because we don't have depth and we have injuries now and so but it was nice to see the offense kind of wake up still heartbreaker
0: absolutely Still a heartbreaker. I definitely thought the uh, the, uh, the 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 loss of Eric Reed, Tart, not having Ruben Foster still in there, it, like you said, we don't have depth. I thought I thought they did a great job of actually. I thought in the first half, I thought we were doing a, a decent job of stopping Gurley, and I thought I felt like they were actually kind of using the pass to set up the run. But you're the greatest fan of us in the game, so I'm always going to refer back to you on that. All right, Louis B, welcome back to the Goldcast. It's your fucking turn. Let's go.
2: <laughs> you damn right, it's my turn, baby. All right, hey, first of all, welcome. Thanks for welcoming me back on okay, cast. So, um, I'm really happy to be here. My voice is non existent because I've been shouting and ruining Rudy's neighbor's lives the entire night because that game was intense. The game was super intense near the end. I was not ready for that comeback. Uh, my psyche wasn't ready for it. I'm exhausted now, so, so that was great, but um. It was an unbelievable game. I thought the Niners showed... I thought the Niners and the Rams both showed what the future of this division is going to be as far as Rudy and I believe. Um, Not this year, you know, and maybe next year depending on what happens with your guys' quarterback situation. But I think it's going to be... Uh, Shanahan, McVay in the NFC West duking it out for a long time to come. We have a we we have third year back in Gurley, who is obviously showing who he was as a rookie was not a fluke. We have Goff in his second year, who's shown tremendous progression because everyone left him for dead. They gave him seven games under Jeff Fisher, and everyone thought this was the biggest bust. And I was the only one like, dude, he was the quarterback for Jeff Fisher. Like the Jeff Fisher offense is the offense from nineteen ninety-three when they were running it thirty times a game they'd throw it fifteen. Like they had no offense. They had no offensive playbook. They had nothing. So so I'm so stoked to see Goff under McVay. He looks competent. He looks confident. He his mobility outside the pocket's gotten so good. He keeps his eyes downfield. He's passing all the eye tests. And I told Rudy, I don't I don't need ten game I don't need ten wins and you know, 40 touchdowns to prove to me that he's worth our first round pick this year. I just need just show that you're a confident starting NFL quarterback, show that you, what you weren't last year. And that's all I'm looking for. And I think you showed that tonight against a bitter rival, a team that I really, really, really wanted to beat. So I'm really happy. We've, we got the dub over you guys. Sorry, faithful nation. But, um, but it was an unbelievable game, man. I mean, you guys came back, they fought Niners, fought tooth and nail till the end, man. I mean, that was an amazing game. So, um, but I think both sides, both sides showed a lot of future promise. Absolutely. I
0: agree. I agree. I think that the 49ers and the Rams showed future promise. And I've said this a couple of times, and I'm going to say it again, that the 49ers and the Rams 100% are the future of the NFC West. And we are already beginning. Tonight was a preview of where this is going to go and what we're going to see. Uh, that's pretty exciting. I think it's pretty exciting that we are looking at the future of the NFC West. Having said that, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, It's a tale of two halves. I feel with Brian Hoyer, Raymond and Louie, I want your input on this too. We talked a lot about this. Louie and I, quarterbacking is the hardest position in the sport of football. No question. I mean, you, you've got competent guards in the NBA. There's, there's too many of them. You've got, you've got pitchers that pitchers that can throw hundred miles per hour fastballs. They're all over the place. There's 10 of them sitting in, in the minors waiting for a chance to go up. But finding a competent quarterback—I mean, it's—it's it's, there's like ten guys that can do it, and then twenty that can't. It's—I just can't believe how bad this is. And and there's this big debate going on right now in all sports. You know, is it—is it? I mean, in all football, is it that we really don't have that many competent quarterbacks, or this we have a lot of really crappy offensive lines, and so. You know, I think there's a little bit of both there, and I don't want to get into that argument, but it's definitely a tale of two halves. What did I say, Raymond? We were going to have this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde up and down thing with Brian Hoyer. There's going to be times when he looks brilliant, times when he looks terrible. I've been saying this since preseason, and you that first half he opens with that pick six, and I thought, man, I I don't even know if this guy's going to make it through this game. Like I I I think by next week he's going to be benched. And then in the second half, really comes back, really finds Pierre Garçon and begins connecting with him all over the field. What are your thoughts about Brian Hoyer? I mean, it uh, beyond Brian Hoyer, sometimes I can't tell where the problem is because we have so many—our wide receivers drop so many good passes, and then when they're not dropping good passes, he's throwing really bad passes. So where where are the problems with the offense? What do you see— Ray, you're the greatest analyst in the game. And then Louie, I want to hear what you think after what you saw from the Forty Niners. Um, but let's let's get into this real quick, Ray. What did you see?
1: I saw Hoyer, who kind of has been shaky all three games, with like little flashes here and there, and a combination of poor pass protection, also just poor poor throwing. He kind of he's looked like like Blaine Gabbert up to this point but after the pick sit the um, the near pick 6 in the first in the first play of the game i saw brian horvik finally settle down i think he needed a kick in the ass and he needed to get pushed against the ropes and to to wake up and he did because after that play alone he really played and hung there with jared goff and you know statistically did better than jared goff outside of the pick uh, well goff had one more touchdown but he threw for more yardage and Completion percentages were pretty comparable between both. If you if you take if you add in the drops, um, it looks a lot better. But both these, I thought both quarterbacks played really well. Joff Goff looked like a pro out there. I was surprised at how well he played. Um, But again, if you give if you give a quarterback time any quarterback regardless of what stage they're at in their maturation, they're going to look like a Tom Brady every single time. And without without any sacks, there really wasn't all that much of a pass rush. I felt so it was very, you know, it's it's no it's a no-brainer that Goff played as well as he did because if you give him pass protection like that game in and game out, he's going to have games like that every quarterback will. Brian Horr settled down, we got better pass protection, even in the rushes, he stayed in the pocket, took some licks, made good throws. Uh, he played great. I mean, when this—this is a quarterback that, in my opinion, has better vision and gets through his progressions better than Colin Kaepernick and Blaine Gabbert. So this was the Brian Hoyer I was hoping to see, and this is what I got. But unfortunately, the early mistakes and then little inch—inch mistakes like that. So this is where I think the Niners are. The Niners are at a position where now we can compete. Now we have a competent offense, but we're still not good enough to overcome self-inflicted wounds and overcome teams that are more polished. And on the Rams' side— I think you guys are a little bit further in your maturation because Sean McVay inherited more stars. And more depth than he than Kyle Shanahan did with the Niners, and as a result, you guys are at a stage where I think, and Louis B, you can uh, tell me whether I'm r- right or wrong here, but I think you guys are at a stage where you're good enough to beat teams that are under 500, but you're probably going to struggle against teams that are over 500. And we already saw one example of that in Washington last week. We'll see how you guys do against uh, Dallas going forward.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that um, I, I mean I will say. A lot of those, Sean McVay didn't necessarily inherit that team. I think Sean McVay was behind the, a lot of those moves. Sean McVay was the one that went after um, Cooper Cup and Gerald Everett. Uh, Sean McVay was the one that came out from day one and said, I want to get Todd Gurley involved immediately and often. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously he, he did inherit Goff and he did inherit Gurley. Um, but Watkins, Woods, Cup. Everett, none of those guys were on that team on this team before McVay got there. We, McVay was the mind behind those picks. Les need Les need doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and right? But so, your defense
1: has been great for several years now, but the offense has been kind of subpar. Absolutely. So, so it's kind of a, a hybrid where he, he inherited, inherits, he inherited it, the it, then he patched, he patched up where he thought they needed improvements, and then kind of and added. Then you added uh, what's up, Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator to kind of keep things going on the defensive side.
2: Exactly. So no. So you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I might. I might have misheard what you were saying. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they. they, He inherited a potential top 10 D for sure. And and we've shown that. I mean, then again, our rushing defense is close to last in the league, um, which is super weird because we have a much better front seven than we do secondary um but our passing defense has actually not been too bad this year um but it's all our russian defense that's bad but yeah they inherited a lot of stars in defense but then again i mean like i said sean mcveigh's first move was to bring in wade phillips they hired sean mcveigh and then three days later brought in wade phillips like he 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 deserves the credit that i think that he's going to get for this two and one start um but no i i think absolutely he he inherited a better situation than uh, Shanahan did. There's no doubt. Uh, we had more depth, on, especially on defense. We had more depth. Um, we also had a better foundation. We had, you know, this kid Goff with Gurley, and that's a tandem that I was so excited to watch this year, and they're proven to be an exciting tandem. And you see the, you know, you see last week you bring up Washington. They were, they were, they were two d- boneheaded Robert Woods penalties away from leading a, a, a tying or a game winning drive in that game against Washington. Robert Woods. I mean, he came out this week and bossed out, so I can't give him too much shit. But he, he last week, he had two penalties in the fourth quarter on the game potential game winning drive that lost us the game, and that was so. So it wasn't like we were oh man, like we're the typical Rams, we're just beating bad teams. Like we could have beaten Washington, and then we, you know, we beat the team that we should have beat week one against Indy. We beat you guys, who is a bitter rival, and we always have a hard time against you guys we're on the right track, you know what I mean? We're not we're not looking at a 10-win season, but we're on the right track. I think we're doing exactly what we need to do. They're feeding Gurley as much as they should be. Goff is looking calm. He's looking cool in the pocket. He's had one pick through three games. He had seven last year through seven games, so he's already on such a good track. I'm excited, man. The O-line has been blocking. You know, they've, they've been stepping it up compared to – I mean, last year we had the worst, one of the worst lines in the league, so anything is a step up, so – yeah, I really can't say much, I man. I, I agree with what you're saying for sure. That he definitely inherited a a better uh, situation for sure, but they're proving that, you know.
1: Yeah, they're yeah. Rudy, Rudy, that. and I think that the NFC Ring West and... is going to be the inverse of what it is now. You know, two three years from now.
2: Agreed. One hundred percent agreed. AZ's on the way out, and Seattle's unless 100. unless Seattle shows up there alive, they're not anything.
1: Hey, Seattle's.
0: Here's the great part, though. The best part about that team, no matter what, is they have no chemistry. Those guys fucking hate each other. <laughs> I love it. See? They hate like each it. other. Man, that, that defense hates that offense. And that op- that offense wants to be loved by them, but the defense hates them. <laughs> the defense, it's like they're like neighbors – and, and the defense the defense just wishes that the offense would just mow the lawn and keep the front of their two homes clean, and they're, and they're always dirting it up. And then the offense just can never do it good enough for the defense. They're just like two neighbors that one hates the other one, and then the, the, the offense is, wants to be loved by the defense. It goes, I just wish we'd get along. And they go, well, if you weren't such an idiot, I'd like you, but you're a dick. And so they move on. I love it. I love it. I love how much that's, that's the, the best single that's the single most
2: greatest defense. analogy I've ever heard in my life for an offensive defensive split. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> right? It's it's two houses that share one lawn. They share one lawn. They're, they're right next to each other. And and the defense is like, I mow this side of the lawn every week. Why can you not do the same thing? Why can't you just you show, do. why do you not show me the same respect? We literally share the same lawn. It's all you gotta do. You got one job. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Raymond, let's talk about. I want to. want to start something. We're gonna start something new on this Goldcast. Was who who gets uh, the game ball, and then who gets a punch in the balls, and the the player that I thought deserved the nut shot. I thought like I was like, come on, man. He kind of punched the team in the balls. Was Rashad Robbins, man. God, he made some huge errors at some key moments. This guy, and he's been doing this since preseason. I don't know, man. I'm I'm I don't know how I feel about him. I want to know what you feel, Ray. What are your thoughts on Rashad Robinson?
1: I just feel like he's really just undisciplined. He's got great talent. He's got he's got the potential to be a really good cover corner, but I just think he's really undisciplined and I don't know if he's going to become as good as he could be it's so hard so outside of quarterback cornerback is the next difficult position to fill and it's the next the second hardest position to play so you know it's if you get one one pro bowl cornerback you know you you got to feel any team in the NFL is going to feel pretty darn lucky i mean the rams have one You know, Arizona has two and they've they've gone through like three or four. Um, The Niners had a couple or had one back in the Harbaugh era, but we haven't had one since and it's really hard to fill. So it's I don't know, you know, and I don't know what Akello Witherspoon is doing in practices to stay, you know, at the bottom of the depth chart. But you know the only thing that's going to give him a shot at this point is, is injuries. But uh, I don't know if if that if that's a good thing or a bad thing because, sometimes he looks great, and but I feel like majority of the time he doesn't. But it's it's a really difficult position to play. So uh, I'm, and I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying it's really tough. And so. For to especially now with the rules, uh, the rules you know favor offensive players more than they do defensive players. So you have to be so so disciplined. Ray Ray Armstrong's another one that kind of frustrates me because he's extremely undisciplined, and he's been in the league for for like four or five years now. That uh, you you would hope to see that someone at with his experience would know better at this point but you just don't see it but that that's the problem with the depth right Ruben Foster goes down Ray Armstrong comes in and while he's got different you know decent speed to cover because he's a former defensive back he's just very undisciplined and he gets penalties he makes boneheaded plays Richard Robinson does the same thing Dante Johnson does the same thing so the second the the third tier of the defense is really bad and Navarro Bowman unfortunately as much as I love him he's clearly lost a step from that injury and I'm not sure if he's going to recover or if This is a thing where, you know, we just need more games under his belt for him to kind of, you know, get back to get back to speed. But I don't expect him to ever have the speed that he used to have, not with the two injuries he sustained, which is unfortunate. So at this point, I'm just kind of waiting for Ruben Fosch to get back in there to give us some more depth and skill tackling over there in the second tier of the defense.
0: Well, with Reuben Foster, I think what you're ho- what I'm hoping for, and I feel like you're probably hoping for the same thing is that Reuben Foster gets back into the lineup. and that allows that takes pressure off of Navarro Bowman and allows him to allows him to play like that old man linebacker game. Then he can use more of his brain and less and have not have to rely on things that he's clearly lost, like speed since the injuries. Um, the thing that really worried me was at the end of the Seattle game last last week when we were, When they were driving, they were driving down, and this was for the touchdown. And Navarro Bowman missed this huge tackle right as they were crossing over the fifty. Like they were, they were, they were somewhere between like the fifty, their own like fifty and forty. And they just, they, they just, uh, he just missed this huge tackle. And I thought, oh wow, man, I don't see that very often from Navarro Bowman. And it, 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 like I I saw the jump, I saw the number, and I thought, I saw fifty-three, and I thought, oh man. That's rough. Um, the, the, again, the undisciplinedness of the, the undisciplinedness of the, the defense is a big deal and it's something that needs to be addressed because we there were there were just a lot of mistakes on the 49ers side that I thought easily could have been rectified had they just played tighter football and um, but you know what was interesting and Louis, I want to pass it back to you, uh, wasn't it interesting to see both teams offensively just, just kind of airing it out left and right. This is what shocked me is that the Rams, for the longest time, were defined by their defense. Both teams in the Harbaugh and, uh, and uh, I already uh, – what the hell is your coach's name again?
1: <laughs> Sean McVay. He's the grandson of John McVay. No,
0: Jeff Fisher. Jeff, Jeff, Fisher. Oh, no, Jeff, Jeff Fisher. 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 Jeff Fisher. That's how
1: forgettable
2: Jeff Fisher is, you. You already forgot his name.
0: <laughs> you literally said his name 10 minutes ago. I have probably said his name 100 times on this podcast. And, and still boom, forgot, I forgot. <laughs> Jeff Fisher. (laughs) Yeah, still forgot it. Uh, Both teams were really defined by their defenses, and the Niners have played really good D this entire season. But we talked about this before the game, that the thing that – the reason – so Vegas set the odds at 39.5 points. That was the over-under is where they set it this week. The – Louis and I were saying this is probably going to be a shootout. Defensively, these teams did not match up. Rams really struggled against the run, and with Eric Reed going down and Tarp not being one hundred percent, we were very vulnerable in our secondary. And both teams exploited the hell out of that. And by the second half, I mean the defenses were practically non-existent. No one could stop anybody. And so that was that was that was really
2: interesting. Louis, give me your thoughts on that. <sighs> Well, the the thing is, I will I will say just to get a little more shit talking in because last season I wasn't able to do any of this because you guys swept us. So uh, I will say I don't know how well your defense has really played. You guys gave up forty one points to Jared Goff, but I but but we'll move on. We'll move on. Don't no worry. So the uh, I don't know why you guys says don't the guy whose
0: team more. almost gave the entire game away <laughs> in like Stop the last it. three minutes. Stop it. We're
2: not talking about that. Almost baby, you gave up a, almost a, don't count 41, 26 You gave up that whole league. Almost lead. don't count the NFL. <laughs> I don't know why the faithful wants me back. You guys got to boycott me. All right, so, so <laughs> um, no, so, no. So I will say honestly, you guys have that. I mean you guys almost shut down the whole Seahawks offensive. Uh, you know, in Seattle, that's amazing. But um, no, I, yeah. I mean, NFC West for the longest time was a defensive division. It was completely and utterly. All defense. There was never offensive shootouts. I mean, our offensive shootouts was like twenty-one to nineteen. Like that's was that was our version. It was always defense. So it was super exciting to watch two NFC West teams duke it out forty-one to thirty-nine. Like that's a, a you know that's a that's a New Orleans you know Atlanta game or something. That's not a game that you would see in the NFC West. So it was super cool to see. Uh, That happened between us two, Um, and again, I think it's a sign of times to come. I think that our division is kind of transferring not only to the Niners and Rams in the future, but I think it's transferring offensively. We both brought in offensive-minded guys that have strong playbooks and can make playmakers out of anyone. I mean, Pierre Garçon had a career day today, and I mean, that's Kyle Shanahan's doing, you know, in in my opinion. So not that Pierre Garçon isn't a great receiver. He made unbelievable catches, Um, but, you know, he – his offense is getting him in space, but it's just super exciting to see that. And I think that that's a side of times to come. The Rams have put up, you know, 40 plus points in two of three games. You know, we put up 20 last week against Washington, we put up 40 in two of three. So, you know, I, I think that you're going to see that a lot more, especially, I mean, the Rams do have a, you know, a little a couple more weapons, but I think with the Niners, they showed tonight that what they can do and that you guys are going to fight, man. I mean, Owen three does suck, but I think mean, you guys are going to fight. Just like last year, even you guys who were two and fourteen. You guys still fought in games. You guys couldn't count you guys out. You guys have that. So I think that's a good foundation to build on uh, going forward. I think you guys have a good foundation, honestly.
1: I think I think so. But I th- I think John Lynch and maybe Shishow Canahan, Shishow Kyle Shanahan to a slightly lesser degree kind of expected this because I mean John Lynch kind of looks at the roster and kind of knows. John John Lynch is such a straightforward dude who's like pretty logical and realistic about things and i think he knew this because the one thing he said is like hey look you know we got a ways to go but the one thing i can promise is that we're going to compete and out of even though i don't think you should make promises because i think it's, it's you get down a slippery slope pretty fast when you go down the promise road but um if there's one thing he has you know, fulfilled so far through three games is that this team, with the exception of the Carolina game, more so in the second half, though. But uh, through three games, for the most part, this team has competed uh, to the very end. And that is a step in the right direction, especially compared, even though, especially these last two games, despite them both being losses, they were efforts that could have won us, you know, uh, more more than, you know, more than double the games that we lost last year alone so i then that's saying something so you know we are headed in the right direction i totally agree with that
0: yeah let's talk about that for a second and i know louis had a little bit of this happening against washington you've seen this before we've seen this story before where you get a new regime onto an nfl team and that first year they lose a bunch of games but the whole time they're frisky and remember I said that. I said Niners are going to be frisky. We're going to be frisky this year. We're still going to lose a bunch of games, but we're going to be frisky and the Niners are really frisky. They're hard to shake. They 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 don't give up. They play till the very end and it's that it's that first year vibe. And the next year, next year when these two teams like blow it up. If we find it, if we get a competent quarterback in there and get some better receivers, I think I I will say this. I do I do want to give props. Who, who do you give the game ball to, Ray? I want to give props to Marquise Goodwin because he did step it up. He actually finally stepped it up and caught some goddamn footballs. But, Raymond, who do you give the game ball to?
1: I'm going to give it into Hoyer for hanging in there despite an ugly start, you know, and kind of carrying on from the previous two games. I'm going to give the ball to Brian Hoyer because he's played better than any of our quarterbacks the past three years. So I'm going to give it up there.
0: <clears throat> I agree. I agree, Brian Hoyer for sure. Um, but you see this, and then in the next season, we get a good, competent quarterback, a couple better receivers. Niners could easily be fighting for first place, probably against, most likely the Los Angeles Rams. With the Seahawks trying to scramble between the two of us and being the gnat in our backs, possibly. We'll see. We'll see. But. This is the kind of season that you see. We've seen this before. And if you if you if you watch if you like have Red Zone and if you if you follow I think if you follow Fantasy, you've seen this story before where a team, two teams in this case are in a situation where they're 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 really close. And they're playing really competent, but there's just not enough experience and not quite enough talent on the roster to be competitive enough just yet. And we said this at the beginning, and I'm gonna say it again, Gold cast Nation, 49er faithful, just keep having faith. Like it's, it's trekking in the right direction. 0 3 sucks, but this is not the same 0 3 as it was. It, like the, these three losses in a row, these are not the same kind of losses that we had this, last season or the season before. And if anyone tells you that, screw them. They're an idiot. They don't know they're 49er football. But if you're listening to this probably Gold a podcast, Raider fan they're going to talk to you like that. Keep listening.
2: <laughs>
1: Only Raider <laughs> fans talk like that. Right.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Louis, any final thoughts? Fuck your Los Angeles Rams. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> You're damn right. I'll take that. I'm okay with that, baby. Two and one. Two and one feels mighty nice. And we're a much better two and one than we were last year. Um,
1: get ready for two and two, though.
2: Get ready for two and two. All right. Hey, don't I forget am, my.
0: I don't super... forget. Hey, wait, Ray, Hey, Louis. Hold on. R- real quick. Let's remember my hot take. What was my hot take when David Johnson went down? Ray, you guys all know. What was my hot take? Which we we only touched on last week on air.
2: I don't know if I know it,
0: dude. I was I saying I, Los Angeles Rams are really in position. Los Angeles Rams are really in oh, the position
2: oh, oh. to possibly the Rams end are up just taking second, second in, in, US, in the S.Us. And, and I and I couldn't agree more. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Raymond, after you said that, that actually makes a lot of sense because I totally forgot that we are playing Zeke next week and we're not the Denver's defense. So Zeke's probably gonna probably gonna feed on us. Um, at the same time, Zeke played top five defenses last year, and he never got shut down for nine yards before. Our rushing defense is terrible. I'm not saying that we're going to shut him down like Denver did, but I think that this whole off-the-field thing is really messing with Zeke, and I'm I'm not as scared of the Cowboys as I was. Um, I'm not saying that we're going to go out and put up 41 points on him, but just remember that Dallas' defense is not that serious. Trevor Simeon put up fucking four touchdowns against him or whatever he did. I think right. going to be okay. Trevor's been I
1: balling out great. all year, though, man. If he keeps playing like that, then you know, good luck, New England.
2: Who, who is oh, who is this?
1: Simeon's been playing like an like an all, all pro.
2: Absolutely, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt he has. I, I don't doubt that at all. But I, at the same time, it's like I, I don't see why Goff couldn't go out against Dallas since we can throw up two touchdowns. So I'm not I'm not as afraid of Dallas as I would have been preseason. Um, but I'm not saying I mean I'm not saying. Look again, I don't think we win. More than seven games, eight games this year. We haven't won eight games since 6 I'm not. Trust me, my my hopes are not that high. We're two and one. They're as high as they can be. We beat the Niners. That's really all I can care about right now, because because all as soon. What I notice is that as soon as the Niners lose, it's all about the dynasties. It's not about what's going on right now. So I like hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I start every I start it. every episode that way, Louie. You've been gone for a while. I've started every episode that way. I've been out. I've been out. You've just been right. gone been for a while. You're right.
2: You're right. Faithful when yeah. you're right. You're right. So uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 If you were here for the last three months, I've been saying that fantastic <laughs> intro. It's probably got us another thousand listeners. Just that intro alone. It's
2: great. It's great.
0: Faithful, I am
2: sorry, man, by the way. I'm faithful. I'm sorry, Faithful. I was, I was in a flag football league that was Sunday night, so it was just terrible timing. But I'm completely here, guys, this is the next. Uh, the whole season going forward.
0: I, I, think this season it is. It, this is the 49ers Rams watch is what this podcast is going to really be about. The Goldcast yeah. is going to be our two teams just watching the future of the NFC West. This is really what it's about. This is why this this was a good. It was a, it was a big game. I'm super pissed we lost. Like I'm not super pissed. I'm bummed. I'm bummed we lost. But I'm I'm so happy that that the 49ers fought to the final second. Thank God we did not just lay down and die. And thank God Brian Hoyer came back and made something. Cause if he'd have continued from that first quarter that way, Bethard would be starting by, by week five, it'd be over. You know, he at least bought, he would have because
1: week. he's, because he's, he, cause I know he's better than that. I've seen him have really good games. I've seen him lead teams into the playoffs, although I think he only did that one year. But the point is he's, he's got some juice in him, you know, and, and enough juice for Kyle Shanahan to believe into him, believe into him, believe in him. And when, when that type of offensive mind, thinks you know you're competent enough to at least hold the mantle for for one year at the very least you know to carry the team then that's saying something at the same time I'm you know there wasn't a whole lot of options out there so you know it's like hey this is probably the best option I've got plus I kind of know him so there's some familiarity there you know logical logical pick but at the same time you know this is more or less the Hoyer that I expected to see Um, I don't think we're going to get that every game though not not even close
0: No, no, not at all. Uh, 49ers are heading to Arizona. I would love to preview that game, but I I want to see what Arizona does this weekend, Ray. Like, let's let's see what yeah, he does I this weekend. G- I don't, I you know, we'll... Yeah, so we'll probably... We this some will some probably be the final rest. episode till... Yeah, we yeah, well, this come will come probably be the final day. episode. And, exactly. So we, we'll probably we probably won't do another gold cast till after the Cardinals game. Would you say that's probably what, how that's going to go down? Cause we did two in this yeah. week, Ray.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, Louis B before we go, where can they find you? On we got 39 <laughs> of faithful uh, that we- want to talk shit to you. They want to message you on Twitter (laughs) and talk a bunch of shit to you. Where do they find you? Oh,
2: please. I'll welcome it, baby. I'll welcome it with a bunch of gifts of girly man, just crushing you guys in for the end zone. Uh, You can find me at at B on all platforms.
0: Boom. Raymond, where can they find you?
1: You can find me at Twitter at raceelise and on Instagram at raceelise1.
0: Boom, and you can find me at Rudy Solis III, Rudy Solis 3R, Three, Rudy Solis 3rd on Instagram and Twitter. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host.
1: Raymond Solis I first, baby.
0: And our Los Angeles co-host. Louis B. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time, same gold cast giant. You fucked was it up. The worst. Same gold cast. I totally screwed that up. Same gold cast <laughs> time, same gold cast channel.
2: This is
0: the gold cast.